Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Scott Wright is back with us today as we continue to study details about the nation of Israel that for some you may not have heard before. You know, Scott's the author of the God Center Concept Journal and has a unique insight into prophecy and the end times and all of that. And He's also a podcaster, conducting teachings on these subjects, and the podcast is the same name, the God Center Concept Podcast. Amen. Help me welcome back to the program, Scott Wright. Scott, it's great to talk to you again, buddy. Hey, it's great to be here, Bob, and look forward to another fruitful discussion. Amen. Now, last time you were on, you shared information about the importance of God establishing, you know, that Israel was to have only one place of worship, which was the temple. And as Moses taught, the temple was built according to, to the vision and instructions he received directly from God. Uh, the temple was also where God was to always have his presence in and among the people of Israel. And I guess we can start with this question. If God had his presence in and among his people, then why did the Israelites fall so far out of God's grace until they actually lost their nation? Well, what happened was is it's, it was really the Babylonian captivity. And while they were in Babylon, what was happening is, is the people who were there, who were in captivity there, were starting to fall into other belief systems. Mm. And there was a lot of them in the Babylonian Empire. When in Babylon, there were there were a lot of different uh, a different a lot of different types of religions that were being established, as well as idolatry obviously which most of those that's what the other religions um were would would have been they'd have been much like the nations they replaced in canaan yeah they'd have had some of those same type of gods that they worshiped and things of that nature and what was happening was is their nation the belief systems of their nation were being splintered so what happened was to save that the Jewish scholars started putting together, basically bringing back their, their establishing their faith by number one, condensing all of the writings of Moses and the, a lot of the, and the oral tradition that they had and put it into one writing. Okay. And what they also started to do was to reshape and they developed, what happened was, is they developed this is where the whole idea of rabbis develops. This is where the whole idea of the synagogue system developed. Okay. But what would happen is, is they did that to, to continue and to not lose their faith in Babylon and to keep the people focused on their belief system. They, this is really where Judaism is formed is in Babylon. It was really more Hebrewism before that. Now we have this Judaism, we have this synagogue system, we have rabbis, and I don't want to get too detailed into this. But as 
they move forward and then eventually they are released to go back to Jerusalem to reestablish the temple and all that. They take this newfound system with them and put it side by side with the temple system is what they do. Uh, okay. And so now we have a synagogue system along and that's where that's where all the the rabbis came from now they develop this whole they've got this whole rabbi system and they've got these different factions that have developed as a result and then you have when they get back to israel now you've got some people who actually had stayed behind you know there it wasn't a lot but there were some people that had stayed behind there's some that don't come back to about don't come back from babylon and then you have all these different factions that develop much like what we what we have now with all the denominations in Christianity so I was thinking yeah. they had the same thing and it looked nothing like what Moses had established originally so yeah. now you've got the temple system but you've got these synagogues if you remember when Jesus is in the hometown and they're running him out of town that was in a synagogue yeah yeah and so yeah. And the reason I talk about this isn't just because we're sitting here and before we go throwing Israelites under the bus here, our Christian denominations look much the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see and this happening in the United States right now. You know, we used to be one nation under God, but yep. we're far, far from that now. And that must have been what it was like in Israel, right? Exactly. And then the other piece that you can throw in is that our churches look much like these synagogues. And the reason they do is because as Christianity developed, that would have been the system that they would have been sort of used to. And so people tend to, you know, when you're not sure, you tend to sink back into your comfort zones is what you do. Yeah. And that's what, and that's how church buildings, the way they are, got established. And so, you know, church is just really a gathering. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah. That is, and, 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 and quite honestly, that is not the model that Jesus left us. Exactly. You know, so if you, if you want to cut this down to what it should look like, it's that we should be winning people to Christ, building them up, which is discipleship, which is what my focus is, building them up in the faith, and then sending them out to do the same. It's about multiplication. Mm -hmm. That is, that is the true model that Jesus left us. We're not, you know, we're not supposed to be contained in church walls and all these other things. And, you know, if you want to understand why we have cults that have developed and all these things over the years, it is because of this developing your own big gathering place, almost like a synagogue system, and then developing your own faction. Well, what that leads to is that when people do that, then we get power centers which is what happened in Israel. And you get these political groups and, you know, people trying to be, they end up making themselves the focal point. I've never seen that happen, have we? I'm just being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, people thinking they're the power center. Well, here's the thing. And I'm just here to clue anybody in who either thinks they're a power center or you're like looking around and maybe where you're at and you're like, yeah, they the head of our churches kind of seem like they're the power center. You're not. Okay. <laughs> Jesus is the power center. I'll just yeah. clue everybody in on that. You're, you know, Jesus, 
the name of Jesus, and I, and I say this, I love to say in this way, the name of Jesus has outlasted every empire. It has outlasted every church building, and it will. Jesus yeah. is the one name that will be here when we're gone. It was here before we got here, and it'll be here before we gone. No president, no world empire, no emperor, no one person, no pastor, no church system is going to outlast Jesus Christ. Yep. Period. Amen. End of discussion. Let me bring you back to something that you said about yep. the synagogues. You know, like I said, they're supposed to be a local gathering place where the people could have easy access to hear the word of God while they're in Babylon and all that, much like our churches are today. And then... You know, that's the argument, really, that the Catholic Church has, that, well, we took what Peter gave us, so we're the true model that you have to go after type thing, right? And then the Protestants split, and that's what, and in the Catholics' view, that's what created all the havoc, I guess you could say. Uh, but using the synagogue you know, where they came back from Babylon and, and created their own, like, as you said, you know, they were comfortable with this pastor over here or the leader of the synagogue over here. And, and you know, well, our guy preaches better than your guy and you know, stuff like that. So why couldn't God have just restored order uh, once Israel came back? And just convince them that, you know, this is, you just need to come back to the temple and forget about all this other stuff. So here was the problem that they had. And much like where we're at today is that it was too far gone. The, those, these different factions had developed in Israel and they had literally developed some different belief systems, you know, just like we see in different denominations today. I mean, do you, I mean, and the question really to ask is like, okay, so do you think today with all the denominations and all the things that have established and rooted across the world, not just in the United States, but across the world, do you think you could get it all back under one umbrella? No, I, I don't even think no. it'd be possible. No. And unless God, you know, until Jesus himself comes back and says, which is why he's coming back. Right. To put it back under him yep. <laughs> like Amen. it's supposed to be. That's right. Guess what? They couldn't either. They they were that splintered. I mean, you had Pharisees, Sadducees, rabbis. I mean, you had all these different schools of thought. And they even they even looked at things like the afterlife differently. You know? And so, and then they were also in a power struggle with each other to gain to to gain the political power over Israel. Yeah. And, you know, so you had the temple and then the chief priest was really nothing more than a figurehead at this point. You had, you know, all the rabbis and these schools of teaching and, you know, you had the zealots, which, yeah. you know, don't forget about these guys. That's you right. had, and then out in these farming communities, you know, they had a, they had a little bit different belief about all this than they did in the cities. Yeah. And in the gathering areas, the, the more populated gathering areas. So you had Rome and there. And, and the thing is, is Roman control was a much stronger in the cities where the population centers were than it was out in the farming communities. They didn't really bother those people because they weren't really they weren't going to create any chaos for the Roman yeah. Empire. It wasn't worth them 
wasting soldiers and and surround you know having to surround and all the resources they would have to use to to put them completely under Roman control. So they just left them alone because they knew they weren't going to do anything anyway. So you had a different you had different systems of thought within Judaism, and so you know if you think about it again, you kind of look the, the Babylonian captivity was the big was kind of the the change. And the way they viewed even the word of God in a way changed. The The thing I would tell you is that when I look at the Old Testament, I look at it just like they the, the Israelites would have looked at it. You have the five books of the Torah. Those are the five most important books of the Old Testament. Right. They are. Then you have the prophetic writings, and then you have the other writings. And that's the easiest way. And I'm not going to get into the Hebrew names and those and we get all detailed, but yeah. you know, the Torah is the most important part of the Old Testament because it is the actual spoken word of God. And then the others are the inspired books. You or the yeah, the prophetic books, and then you have the inspired books. So, and that's the way you can you can look at that, and the way you look at the Old Testament. But the way they were viewing pieces of all this, they were like, okay, so who looks at what the most and you know even I, I what really got me is when i was reading and, and researching all of this is just how they even had different beliefs about the afterlife that really kind of threw me and and that's part of why jesus talked about it so much and i think if you go back to the gospels when they're talking to them that's why they he does because they had lost even the sense of what the afterlife was hmm. Amen. they really had they were so focused on the on keeping keeping their nation together and having and with all these systems and these political systems working together i mean even beggars had their own set of clothes that they had to wear yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. They had their own markings and all this other stuff yeah. and, and not to get too deep into that but they did so you know i mean hey it's it it is what it is yeah. and just like all of our denominations but the problem is is that we've gotten off the primary focus and that is winning people to Christ, building them up in the faith and sending them out, which is what made the church grow in the first place. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah. As it's really what my that. calling is, is to teach people this. You know, we're like the church I go to, we're I've been talking with the pastors and we're talking about this. How do we help the congregation learn how to share their faith? And we're, you know, okay, so how do we not worry about our church walls and let's just go? I mean, yeah. let's just train we train a thousand people to do this, then the next thing you know, there's going to be 50,000 and it's not even going to be worried about what church they go to. We're just going to be spreading the gospel and discipling others. Amen. You know, as you were talking there, I got thinking about, uh, you know, you said, you know, how the beggars had to wear certain clothes and all, all this stuff, proving that, you know, they had gone through a process uh, established by the synagogues or whatever that, uh, yes, you know, he's not scamming you type thing. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, the, I, I got to think about, you know, there is not so prevalent now. It's still in some churches, but you know, when back in the eighties and nineties, you know, there were some churches that women had to wear their hair a certain way. could never wear pants and all that. And, and if you came in 
you know, some of the churches were come as you are. And if you were a come as you are person going to, you know, hey, let's go check out this church over here. Maybe you're on vacation or something like that. You're going to let's go check out this church. And you walked in as a come as you are person <laughs> to one of those other churches. Yeah. It did not end well. No, <laughs> you know? no you'd have got some eyeballs. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, that's just one example of how far things have split. You know? Yes. And uh, I mean, you, well, you remember the you Jesus revolution? Jesus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't even, hey, and that church wasn't even that bad on the come as you are, you know, where they were so defined. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they just wanted you to dress up. But some places, I mean, it was like you had to be that way 24 7. Yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine hippies walking yeah. into a church oh, yeah. during that time, oh, yeah. walking into, you know, some of these really ultra conservative uh, churches on, on some of that really defined dress and all this other stuff. That would have yeah. been a wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I knew a guy, this is way back. And, uh, gosh, mid nineties, I guess it was, he, he's gone. He's died, gone on to heaven. Uh, Matt Gober was his name. And, uh, he was a motorcycle gang member and, you know, the whole get up, right. I mean, when picture your traditional hell's angel type guy, right. <laughs> That's what he looked like. And, uh, he was in line at the social security office or something, you know, getting this check. He was a Vietnam vet and, and, you know, waiting in line to get his check, or maybe he was in at the bank going to cash his check or something like that. And this little lady was old lady was walking along, passing out tracks. And, uh, he gave, she gave one to him and he's, you know, she's talking about you lady, get out of here. You know, and she goes, well, here, take this and read it. Cause Jesus loves you. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He took it just so she'd leave him alone. And he went to throw it on the floor, but he was so nasty, it stuck to his hand. He couldn't let go of it. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, what is, what, what, what's going on? So he started looking at, you know, there's like six people in line in front of him. So he just started reading it and it started ministering to him, you know. And he said that the, uh, you know, he went back to the flop house where everyone was, you know, high and strung out and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, they're like, you want some? He says, no, no, I want to read this. You know, <laughs> so he started reading the track. He said, I must've read it 50 times. And wow. I'm looking around at all these guys, you know, they're just kind of all passed out and stuff. And like, you know, and the, the, one of the last things on the tracks is some of the, do you always want to live the way you're living right now type thing? And he's like, no, I don't. You know, and he said that little old lady, you know, as as ferocious as he looked, she was still brave enough to come up and give him a track. And uh, and then he was just going to throw it on the ground, but he couldn't let go of it. It was stuck to his hand <laughs> and he ended up you know, not only getting born again and becoming a minister of God. He, he established uh, like a what we would call a halfway house type thing. Right. And uh, but it was for, you know prisoners who had found Jesus and they wanted to, you know, once they got out, uh, wanted to live for Jesus. And that, that's who he ministered to young boys and all that. But the, his wife took it over after he passed on and, and running it. But, uh, you know, his testimony, 
he gave his testimony. He just pictured this guy, you know, and not, now he doesn't look that way anymore. You know, he, when I knew him, he was bald and chubby, <laughs> but, but he, he said, you know, he, he was definitely the part, <laughs> but he'd have everybody just laughing. He goes, lady, get out of here. And he's throwing this track on the ground. It's stuck to him. He can't let go. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so they say, well, I'm not going to, make a scene i'll just read this while i'm waiting in line and and that ministered to him you know? so, <laughs> and the rest they say is history you know but uh nice. amen so that's yeah pretty, I, that's I can, pretty interesting yeah and i i could i remember hearing that that was way back in the mid 90s when i first met him and uh but anyway you know that's what you just explained was going on in israel that's where we're at today in the united states mm-hmm. you know I mean, we are split. We are no longer one nation under God. No. And just like they were not any longer one nation under God. And they ended up getting overrun. They ended up losing their nation. And we're on the verge of losing our nation right now. Yes. So, I mean, all this goes full circle. So, Scott, that's so interesting. Praise God. Hey, I do want to mention one other thing, too, you know. We're, we keep mentioning this about, you know, Christianity, even across the world, it's so, it's splintered and separated. I mean, when I hear people talk about the Muslim faith, it's the mm-hmm. same way. Yeah. It's not all one. Everybody groups yeah. everybody into one. That is not all one religion. That's true. That's it true. is. It's the same thing. There's different factions. Yeah. And there's, and, and as time goes on, there just becomes more. Yeah. You know, you got the Shiites, the Sunnis, and, you know, you can go on and on. And there's even different factions within those. So, yeah. Before you, you know, before people lob stones and and start throwing, you know, throwing people under the bus and putting one group, putting people all in as one group, they're not. Yep. yep. There's all kinds of different little beliefs and yeah, just the Baptists. You you got the the Baptists, the First Baptists, the traditional Baptist, the independent Baptist, the fundamental Baptist, the independent fundamental Baptist. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on, you know, amen. That's so true. Amen. It's a good discussion today. You know, it's so interesting. If someone to reach out to you, ask a question, or do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can they get in touch with you? Uh, just email me at GCC God centered concept, 2038 at gmail.com. Amen. Amen. Folks. As Scott has shared with us, taking different factions and splitting into different groups is not always a good thing. It's okay to mix and mingle with those that you find you have similar tastes and preferences with, sure. you know. But to split and never mix and mingle, well, that's how wars start, for one. Uh, more importantly, it can destroy the faith of a nation. And we've seen it happen with Israel, as Scott shared. We've seen it happen here in our nation as well. And we used to be one nation under God. Now that statement is far, far from being true anymore. And as sad as that sounds, it can be fixed. It's not going to be fixed in the natural. You cannot rely on Congress to pass a law to fix it. It has to start with our hearts. And I'm talking about our spiritual hearts. You know, we, we have to start with our relationship with God. And that has to start with our relationship with Jesus. Jesus said nobody has access to the Father but through me. Amen. And and get into the Word. Study the Word. Apply the Word to your life. Not only will your life get better, but it'll start to spread too. Praise the Lord. Amen. Scott, thank you for coming back on the program again today, and I'm, I'm looking forward to our next conversation as well, brother. 
Bob, thanks for having me on. And uh, it's uh, again, this is just a great discussion that we've had today. Yeah, amen, amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Scott Wright and myself, passed about reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.